0: Welcome to OpenSAP Invites, your invitation to learn with us on the go.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Elena and this is OpenSAP Invite. For today's episode, I have two guests with me, Mamiki Kane and Rich Heilman. Both Mamiki and Rich work as developer advocate with the SAP Global Developer and Community Relations team at SAP. Mamiki joined SAP in 2019 working as Multimedia Content Creator. Since 2021, she has joined the SAP Global Developer and Community Relations team. Her focus is on the developer learning experience for emerging developers, starting with those first learning ABAP. Rich joined SAP in 2007. In his long career, he had multiple roles within the company. He has co-authored books, and during his time as director with the SAP HANA product management team, he has presented numerous courses on OpenSAP, which made him kind of a household name within the SAP HANA developers community. Mamiki, Rich, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here.
0: Hi, good to be here.
1: So let's dive right in our topic, ABAP. Would you like to give us a short introduction on what it is?
2: Well, I think Rich would be the best to answer this, as he has the most experience. So, Rich, how would you be able to sum up what is ABAP?
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I would say ABAP is, uh, at its core, the programming language used by SAP for creating business applications and in what was known as uh, R2 and R3, uh, which is now known as ECC and S4HANA. Really, ABOP is the language, it's the backbone of those systems. And basically, if you ask me, it's really what runs the world today. I, I think the statistic that, that we have out there is that 76% of all the world's transactions move through an, an SAP ABAP system at one point in the process. So again, the programming language and the environment and the runtime, really, of what stands up uh, these applications, namely, yes, for HANA today.
2: Absolutely. Now, would we be able to give them the acronym for someone who legit wants to know what does ABAP mean? Like, what is it?
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so I think it translates or it originally translated to a bunch of German words that I can't pronounce. Yeah. Even though I had four years of German in high school, I I can't really speak or or write it today. But for the English speakers out there, I think mainly we refer to it as, what was it? Advanced Business Application Programming. Is that right?
2: Yes. Advanced Business
1: Application Programming.
0: Right. But we never actually say that out loud. We just just say ABAP.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a language that is a bit underrated considering the volume of programs that run with it?
0: As far as the rest of the developer community is concerned, a lot of times they'll be like, what's ABAP? I've never heard of ABAP because, I mean, it's not really a mainstream language out there unless you're in the SAP ecosystem. Some universities do offer SAP tracks and probably teach uh, an ABAP course here or there. I think it's definitely not on the list of prominent programming languages out there, more so with Node.js and JavaScript and um, Java and all the other good ones out there. ABAP definitely isn't going to be on the top of that list as far as number of developers and and who's developing in, in ABAP today.
2: I didn't know what ABAP was until I joined the team or joined SAP. Um, it was something that I kind of had to learn because it wasn't, like you said, it's not a popular language if you're not a part of the SAP
0: ecosystem. Right. Even the developers that are coming on board today, who are, are primarily working with JavaScript, and maybe maybe they're doing UI development and things like that. And my message to them is: is if you're not working with, or if you're not at least understanding uh, some concepts around ABAP and and what it does and. And what it is, it's probably a good idea to know that to make yourself a well-rounded SAP developer in general, just so that you understand what's going on behind that user interface. You know, while we have people coming out of university primarily using JavaScript and other UI technologies, it's always good to understand that underlying uh, infrastructure that's supporting, you know, what you're producing.
1: Let's hope this podcast will inspire them to go and learn more about ABAPN. then. So let's discuss a bit steampunk. This was introduced not so long ago. What it is and how does it work? Rich, can you tell us about it?
0: When we refer to steampunk, we're talking about the SAP business technology platform, ABOP environment. And sometimes this is also referred to as ABOP in the cloud. The name steampunk. Um, actually came from, I believe, the internal project name that was used during the development. Kind of got out there and, and sort of stuck, which is good for me because I don't really like having to say SAP Business Technology Platform, ABOP environment all the time. Anyway, Steampunk is in fact an ABOP runtime, which runs on BTP. And what this does is allows developers to build S4 extensions using the side-by-side approach or even building full-blown standalone applications in a stable cloud-ready way, which also makes upgrades much easier. So in this environment, you don't really have the full ABAP language at your disposal that you're used to on the on-prem versions, but it's a restricted language, which only exposes the features and facets of the language, which are deemed safe and cloud-ready. So for example, uh, you, of course, would not have access to read the underlying file system. That would be something that you, you could do on the on-prem systems, but definitely wouldn't be able to do that in the cloud. Also, only released APIs can be used in your custom code. So if you try to use a class that you've used on on-prem systems before and it's worked fairly well, it could be that you're not allowed to use that class in this environment because it's not been released. And then also in Steampunk, the programming model is somewhat restricted as well. You don't have access to SAP GUI. So that means you can't create list reports. You can't create module pool programs and so no screens or, or DIM pros, no web DIM pros. But what you do have is, of course, the RAP model, which is the ABAP RESTful Application Programming Model which allows you to build applications using your CDS data model and behavior definitions and OData services and other objects such as HTTP services where you can hand code your REST-based services. So again, this environment would be used to create extensions and full-blown applications outside of the core S4 system, which leads me to what we refer to as embedded Steampunk. So what is embedded Steampunk? Well, we all know that in the S4HANA Cloud systems, you cannot create custom objects to build out custom applications directly in the system. We have to use the side-by-side approach that I just talked about, or you can use key user extensibility model to modify the applications, which basically allows you to customize applications at the UI level, adding fields here and there, or hiding fields, making some other minor UI changes. But now with the embedded Steampunk, which basically takes the functionality available in Steampunk on BTP and brings it directly into the S4 system. So what does that mean? This means that you can now create those extensions and those full blown applications directly in an S4 HANA Cloud system right next to the core S4 data. So we can use things like baddies or business add-ins for modifying the behaviors of standard applications. Or we can simply create our own classes in HTTP services as well. And of course, you have the above RESTful Application Programming Model in Embedded Steampunk to leverage as well. So if I had to, to give a brief overview of Steampunk and Embedded Steampunk, that would probably be what I would go with. Yeah, It gets a lot deeper and, and involved, but uh, at the high level, that's basically what it is.
2: Yeah, and then I was even going to say, even the cloud upgrades, upgrades are done multiple times, right?
0: Mm-hmm, yep. Instead of just once a year. On BTP, they're done every quarter. And why that's possible is, in fact, because we control what can be done in those systems. And um, if we keep the core clean, something we've been saying for many years now, keeping the core clean, that only helps us in running upgrades without having any errors from the custom code so yeah so upgrades would go a lot better following this model yep
1: you've mentioned the ABAP RESTful application programming model already a little bit and uh, that really doesn't roll off the tongue easily <laughs> <laughs> call that wrap could you expand a bit so what are the advantages the user would have using this framework
0: wrap otherwise known as the ABAP RESTful application programming model is the new ABAP programming model going forward. So previously we had programming model for Fiori, which largely uh, leveraged gateway services and things like that. Now we have this new model where a lot of that technology has been kind of baked into some of the underlying objects that you see in this model. So it is CDS-based core data services. So you start building out your data model using CDS entities. Your data model should be designed in layers. And you can see this in many of the example applications that are in the system. For example, the travel app that is used in many demos that we have out there. You start with the base layer, the business object layer. So if we're talking about a business object, perhaps maybe purchase orders. The base model would probably contain at least the purchase order header and item tables. Maybe there's a couple additional tables in there, maybe schedule lines or something else. And this layer would also include the business object behavior definitions, which defines the create, update, and delete operations and other actions that can be done within the business object itself. So create, update, delete, read. Maybe there's special actions like, I don't know, approve or reject or something. So then the next layer would be the projection layer where you further filter the data and the behaviors for specific consumption. So what do I mean by that? Let's say that your application supports two roles, a purchase order clerk, who would only have access to creating and updating purchase orders. And another role could be the purchasing manager who would be allowed to do all of the create, read, update and delete operations, and perhaps a few additional custom actions like I said, maybe approving or rejecting a purchase order. So these are two roles and would have different projections. And these projections for the clerk role could restrict the data being shown to the user and you know hide any actions or operations that they're not allowed to execute. So the idea of this projection layer is that you, you can have many projections over your single business object each projection tailored to a specific role or use case, in this case, manager versus the clerk. And then in the next layer is the service provisioning layer where we define the service definition and the service binding where we define the protocol. For example, we want to expose our projection layer via OData. And then once we have our OData service, we can then of course consume this from the user interface using Fiori for designing the look and feel of your user interface. So, in a nutshell, I mean, it, again, it goes a little bit more deeper into than, than that, but at a very high level, that's basically what the wrap model offers us.
1: Okay, thank you. We've been talking about the how this app works, and mm-hmm. I I've read that in 2019 we started a project called Open Source Repository to share some best practices to produce. Clean ABAP code. So Rich, you have a lot of experience on coding in ABAP. Could you share with our listeners your top three advice to write good ABAP code?
0: Oh, okay. So top three, that's that's probably going to be tricky. So clean ABAP. Yeah, this is an interesting topic for me, actually. There is a lot in that style guide. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think it would take a while for any ABAP developer to fully grasp all of the rules that are outlined in that document. I think one would only become really compliant over time as they continue to learn, but I did pick out one or two here that I do adhere to on a regular basis. So for example, I prefer to use the new statement over the old create object statement. I just think it looks nicer overall saves a little space in some cases. And then the use of reference to instead of using field symbols, which I never really enjoyed field symbols, having to, to put them in, in brackets and things like that. But I just think that using object references looks cleaner. And I'm all about elegance when it comes to ABOB code. So if we can make it look more pretty, then I'm all for it. That being said, there's also one rule here that I don't really adhere to it much at all unless I'm I'm being forced to or or somebody's asking me nicely to, right? And and I'll probably get some grins about this, but I'm still a fan of Hungarian notation. Prefixing objects in my code with identifiers that tell me exactly what that object is just by looking at it, that helps me a lot. And it just might be the way my brain works. I'm not sure. But the style guide clearly says that we should avoid this type of thing. But I'll be honest with you. I still use it today. I probably used it yesterday and I'll probably continue to use it until they actually give an error if I try to use it, right?
1: That's interesting for sure. Thank you. So say now that we have some newbies listening and they really want to start working with ABAP, which would be the learning resources that you suggest to start with?
2: Oh, gosh. Well, I will say as someone who is a newbie, there's so many resources that SAP offers. Starting with the SAP community, developer community, it's like a gateway to getting all of your resources, whether it's tutorials, whether it's blog posts, whether it's meeting people who are doing the same thing as you, like who are newbies, who are starting off from scratch. There's a whole... Community out there that can help you, can answer your questions. And also, our developers' YouTube channel, our SAP developers' YouTube channel, which I would say visually and the content that we put out there are really helpful for anyone who's become a beginner in ABAP. Not even ABAP, if you're the SAP developer ecosystem, if you're trying to learn a few things on there, um, we have a bunch of videos, uh, like our two minute up videos that we recently. Started producing this year, which goes into the basics of all the topics within SAP. So with that, we also have our tech bites on those on the YouTube channel. We have a bunch of other um, videos for you to watch. So I'll say also the SAP Developers YouTube channel, the SAP community, and tutorials as well. I know for me, the tutorials were really helpful because they were the ones that helped me um, step by step to learning certain things on ABAP and then they give you a whole, they have a mission or you have a group that you can be able to use if you're learning it. So I would say the SAP community, the YouTube channel and all the blog posts that are out there. Once you gathered your community and also Twitter. I think Twitter is pretty helpful as well for um, learning as well, because those are where you get alerted with the other resources that I mentioned. You'll be alerted when there's new videos, you'll be alerted when there's a new blog post. And just, I guess, (laughs) I guess it's a shameless plug, but just keeping up with the developer advocates. (laughs) If you are looking to learn um, because we are, and we do offer these basics of any of the technologies that we have, and especially op So we do cater to newbies as well, and the community does the same. So those would be some of the learning resources that i think. And learnings.sap, too. SAP has a bunch of new tutorials and new paths for you to take as well. Um, I know they recently just had one for op for PTP. So those ones are really helpful, and they are specific learning journeys for a new beginner. So you're starting from scratch, you're learning the basics, you're learning. I know I could say for the YouTube, there's literally a video that we have that goes into literally what is ABAP. So if you're someone who just is curious on ABAP, you can go into there, you can watch the video and then it leads you to other resources. And then it allows you to also go into The steps as well. So those are things that you can use as a newbie to get started and gather around other people, I guess, within the community who are learning it too, because then they'll be able to answer questions and you'll be able to answer other people's questions. So it's just like this, I guess, domino effect with it.
0: Yeah, like Mimiki mentioned, the ABAP class on learning.sap.com, I actually went through a little bit of that and it's actually quite good. It really starts off in a way that a beginner can get started and gain confidence and then takes you into the down into the weeds and teaches you some of the things that you need to know to be a proficient ABAP developer. So I, I would highly recommend that class on learning.sap.com. But also don't forget about the Devtoberfest content that we have coming up in October. Yeah every Monday is ABOP days. And we're going to have a lot of good content that we're currently putting together. And while it's not necessarily for all for newbies, there is some content that we will have for newbies. There's content for all skill levels, whether you're advanced or a beginner. So I would check that out. And also TechEd coming up here in November. Uh, We'll also have a hybrid event, so the virtual aspect uh, you know allows anybody to get in there and check out the lecture and breakout and uh, virtual hands-on sessions. So that's also a good resource to get some information as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the two events that we'll be doing focus on beginners as well um, so and advanced people as well so um, those will be a great way for you to even just if you're not even in the community or even looking and you're interested in learning about maybe just checking out the devtoberfest participating devtoberfest or checking out the content that will be there or um, tech ed as well that will probably draw you in and get you more curious and all
1: these events are for free
0: Yes. The Devtoberfest is completely free. And of course, we give some incentives to um, completing some tasks that we gave you over the weeks. And if you do well and gain enough points, you're entered in a, in a drawing to win... What is it? Kamimiki? a trip to Disneyland? Is that right?
2: Disneyland. Yeah. It's going to be big.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. I'm still trying to get my boss to let me go out there and, and hang out with the winners. But We'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> but as far as TechEd is concerned, of course, the virtual piece of that is free. Um, if you wanted to join us on site in Las Vegas for a handful of the hands-on workshops, that does come with a, a fee. And of course, you have the travel expenses as well. But still a lot of free content out there to get started with.
1: We'll include all the registration link in the blog post in the podcast page. So who hasn't registered yet or is interested in participating in the Oktoberfest should definitely check it out. It's been a lot of fun in the past years. You mentioned the community as an entry point to start learning. And I wanted to mention also the jam coding sessions that you brought back just recently. The code jams, yeah. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about them and how do they work? Yeah, I think, Rich, you can handle this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. So yeah, we recently ramped up the Code Jam events earlier this year. We sort of took a break from Code Jams during the pandemic for obvious reasons. I think people are ready to get back out there with in-person events and, and start shaking hands again. Uh, I was at an ASUG event yesterday and there are definitely more people in the meeting yesterday than was back in June. So uh, I think people are ready to get back to work here and get back in person. We did that first one in Newtown Square back in June, ABAP Co-Jam. And it really, for me, it really felt good to get back in front of real people. There's something to be said about presenting to real people as opposed to your computer screen. But as far as the Code Jams are concerned, we we have a few topics to choose from. We have the ABAP Wrap Topic. I think we're going to ramp up an ABAP Beginners Code Jam at some point as well, Yeah, to be determined, but uh, that's in the plans. There's a, a BTP CLI and API one that is developed by our colleague DJ Adams. Uh, We have one that covers UI5. I think we have a couple more that are currently being worked on, and we'll add those in the next couple months or the beginning of next year. So the idea is to basically get a handful of people, maybe 20 or so people in a room talking about the technology, networking, and really getting their hands dirty with the tech, right? That's what it's all about. And these usually run about five or six hours, maybe. And we're doing these events all over the world. As of now, uh, we're sort of limiting the number of Code Jam events that we're taking on uh, until we get a better feel of, of the audience out there and what the audience really wants. But I think we may open it back up to having individual Code Jam requests at some point next year before we shut it down. Um, a lot of people would fill out a form to request the Code Jam at their location. We're not there yet, but I think we're working our way back to that, uh, hopefully by the middle of next year, and and then we'll be able to to get out there on the road and, and see everybody uh, face-to-face more often.
1: So learning together, learning in a community, makes you more efficient in your learning because you get feedback from the others and you get to learn from the experience of the others as well. And Mamiki, you mentioned also the SAP community as the first entry point for newbies to start learning on topics. And I have to say, it's a very lively community full of positive people, or at least that has been my experience. And it's also a lot of work that people invest in creating the blog posts or creating videos, but it still is worth. So why would you recommend people who are outside the community to join and be active in it.
2: I think because it's a place where you get to find everything, you know, like you're able to find all of the different topics that you're interested in. And then like what you said, like it's pretty welcoming um, if there's a question that you have and you put it underneath a blog post or something, there's someone in the community that's going to answer it for you. Someone who probably know the answer or more experienced, and they all come in and just are very happy to help you. And also with the blog posts and everything, they're always insightful because they target a specific topic that you might be interested in or you might be working on. So I think the SAP community, like what you said, it's that gateway, like it's that, space or I guess that family or community that you can be able to go in and pretty much find what you need. And everyone is helpful to answer your questions, to be able to guide you, and there's a bunch of resources there for you. Even if it's not within the community, it comes from the community that leads you to those resources.
0: Yeah, I mean, as somebody that's been engaged with the SAP community since the SDN days, 2003-2004 timeframe. I can say for me, it's kind of laid out my career path. And I'll touch on that in a second. But really what I want to get across here is that while the whole idea is learning, right? We're constantly learning. We're, you know, every day we turn around and we see something new, we have to learn. And that's just the way of the business, right? But in, you know, 2003-2004, I was still learning ABAP, still trying to learn the ins and outs. And one of the key things that I found is that if I go out to the SAP community and there's questions out there, ABAP questions, right? What I found is that I don't know everything. And today it's true as well. What I mean is, is if I see questions out there that are intriguing, and this is what I did for a lot of my free time back in those days, I would take a look at the questions that i didn't know the answers to right off, right off the bat, and I would go and research them myself, just so that I could learn from myself. So a lot of cases, you know, questions about how to do a certain thing with ABAP code, right? I would say, okay, well, I don't have an example of that. Let me go write one quick. So I did that, and in turn, number one, did I learned? I learned how to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. They now know how to do it, and. Because I knew how to do it, my company at the time then benefited from it as well. Because then I used it in some of my my programs, you know, at that SAP customer, right? So it's not always about teaching; it's not always about learning, but it's the it is the give and take, back and forth. And I also want to point out is that if you put yourself out there as you know a topic expert, as somebody that's willing to help, you're then seen by the community as as an expert in that topic and doors start opening up for people that are willing to to do that for example I, I think you mentioned earlier that i have authored a couple books and and that only came from the fact that i put myself out there and and answered questions way back then and wrote a couple of blog posts here and there so not only is it learning but it's also developing your career getting your name out there getting recognized as a an expert in the topics so that's another reason to get involved with the SAP community overall, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I mean, you even like the SAP mentors and the champions, like you can get up to that as well, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how it happened for me. Again, I, I was very, very active in the um in the community. And I I think I was one of 10 or 15 of the first mentors that were that were asked to join the group. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's a good way to get yourself out there in the community get known by by your peers help out learn from others and that's really what it's all about because you know at the end of the day some of the documents that we have out there that maybe they're not as good as somebody you know showing you or explaining to you with many more words that we can put in our documentation right so it's always good to have uh, somebody you can bounce something off of and and that's where the SAP community comes in you know
1: these are Pretty good points. And especially the career advancement part, people tend to underestimate it how important it is to have your name out there and you put in the work and you get something back.
0: Yeah. And I'm proof of that because I mean, I come from a small town here in York, Pennsylvania. I'm not really near any major cities. And the SAP customers aren't in this area or few and not that large. So Yeah, so I was able to get involved with SAP community and and learn and share. And today, I'm pretty happy where I'm at in my career path. So, I mean, and it's all because of the things that I've done over the last 20 years or so.
1: We are almost at the end. I have one last question for you guys. We are now moving towards a world that is always more focused on low code, no code, and program, even if you're not a developer. Do you think that ABAP will have a future at all?
0: Yeah, so (laughs) this is a question that we hear time and again. It basically comes up on every live stream that that we do. Yeah. I'm going to try again to put this to bed. I've been around the world, the SAP world, since 2001, and this, you know, again, this has been a topic ever since then. Back in the the early NetWeaver days, when we when we introduced Java uh, as another option for building applications, right? So there's always been questions around the longevity of ABAP. Is ABAP dead? With all the new stuff coming around, will ABAP have a future? You know, so I've said it before, and I'll say it again. ABAP is not dead. We even have t-shirts that that uh, that say so. It was a hashtag on Twitter too, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I can tell you that it will be around for quite some time to come. I would even say that your grandchildren will probably be coding in ABAP. That's just the way it is. Boris Gephardt, chief architect of the ABAP platform. He joined us for a webinar a while back uh, when we were we were actually discussing this point. And he said three words that stuck with me. And those words are, I'm not worried. In my opinion, Boris is, you know, at at that time, put this topic to rest with just those three words. I'm not worried. And at that point, I was like, well, I'm not worried either. (laughs) Right. You know, we're having the, the chief architect of the ABAP platform saying he's not worried about the future of ABAP then I think it's pretty good odds that it'll be around for quite some time. I know that the ABAP platform team continues to invest heavily into RAP and Steampunk. Um, they know the importance of our customers to leverage their existing ABAP assets going forward. This is, is huge, right? It's very important. And these teams are working hard to make sure that we look for ways to support our customers with moving to S4 and beyond. And that includes heavily investing in ABAP and the tooling. So again, ABAP, not dead. It will be around for quite some time. Don't worry. At least
1: until our grandchildren.
0: Right. At that point, we'll all be retired and uh, it won't be our problem anymore.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mommy, Hirich, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you very much for your time. Yes, this was great.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you for listening to our OpenSAP invites. If you have enjoyed this episode, you might also like episode 14, in which we presented how to get hands-on experience with the SAP Discovery Center missions. Don't forget to share, leave a review, and subscribe now!